Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. You have the will, trust, and power of attorney all in order. But there is one more document that could help simplify things for your loved ones. The family letter. Zach Horn is with me, Patrice Sikora, to talk about the importance of this letter. So, Zach, what is a family letter? Well, Patrice, that's a great question, and that's what we're here to talk about today. But as you mentioned, it's very important to have those estate documents in order, especially as people get older. And you know, we've discussed that on a podcast previously, the importance of it. So in addition to those documents... And to notifying those that you will leave with certain responsibilities, such as an executor or a trustee, you should also consider a family letter. And what a family letter is, is just that. It's a letter to your family with more information and being more inclusive of personal wishes about what you would want to happen at your passing. It it incorporates certainly all of, you know, the the legalese are tied to your wills and trusts. You want to make sure that it meshes with those documents, but it goes into more detail on a personal level. Such as? Well, there's many categories that can be included in a template and some may apply to most people. Some may you know, be a little bit more mm-hmm. robust for some than others, but it includes important contacts, family and friends. It includes advisors that you want to notify and that you want to get help from upon the passing of one of your loved ones or their incapacity. It includes personal information, healthcare information, you know, insurance, estate planning and legal documents. You know, we talked about that already, but that's going to be addressed in this letter as well. Your financial accounts, real estate, any other assets that you may have. Bequests, that's an interesting one and an important one, you know, in working with clients, we hear some horror stories from time to time about family bickering of items left behind any action items that would be needed, funeral arrangements, even what you would want listed in your obituary for people (laughs) to remember you by. So I'll give some more examples in in just a minute, but those are the basic categories that we recommend. How about passwords? Oh yeah, passwords is an important one because a lot of the information that's going to need to be found obviously will be password protected in today's world where everything is stored electronically. You know, there's certainly some people that still use safety deposit boxes or filing cabinets right. or safes, but electronic access is going to be important too. Why are we talking about this, Zach? Well, we're talking about this because of the unfortunate reality that any of us could become disabled or die at any time. And we feel that it's it's very important to provide our, our family with the information they may need in the event they get that unexpected call telling them there's been an emergency or a death. So it is important to take these steps to you know, relieve your loved ones of undue burden in that instance. You mentioned a template. Are, are there actual templates for family letters? Yes, there are. 
we provide a template to our clients that can be customized as needed, of course, but um, it it includes many of the categories that I mentioned. And, you know, as an example of what can be covered in those certain categories, you know, one would be in the important contact space. I touched on it that, you know, maybe there's important contact information for family and friends, but also your advisor in the event of anybody's passing disability as well. But in the event of someone's passing, you're going to want to, as, as the trustee or as the executor, just anyone involved, you're going to want to get a hold of their team of advisors, right? So you want to contact their financial advisors. You want to have that information listed, their attorney, their CPA, you know, any, anything else that could be relevant and helpful for family to contact. And then of course, uh, in addition to contacts, personal information, that may be relevant, just having that listed and easy to access everything from social security number to, to, to addresses that of main residents, vacation homes, whatever it may be. So relevant personal information, healthcare information, obviously most important in the case of a disability. So making sure that the health insurance is listed, making sure that a you know, their general practitioner, any specialists that they were seeing are listed so that they can be contacted. You know, other insurance information besides just healthcare, it certainly would be important to have life insurance listed in the event of somebody's passing so that there's easy access to to those funds and to making sure that that life insurance is is given to the beneficiaries as it should be. And then in the event of a disability or a medical issue, it could be that uh, there's a a long-term care policy that's in place, and that would be important to have that information listed. Does it also or can it also prompt perhaps the person who has power of attorney to make sure that they perform certain things, make sure certain people get documents or that they don't have to go to, say, an advisor? It's going to be very helpful in that regard. I mean, it, again, the more that you can include in a letter like this, the better, so that those that have responsibilities are not left guessing or chasing after things that they need to execute their duties. You know, some additional categories that come to mind that are important that you know, I talked about that I'll expand on are financial accounts. You certainly need to leave a listing of your bank accounts, your brokerage mm -hmm. accounts, retirement accounts. You know, it, it's hopefully you've done a good job or you've had an advisor who's helped you put together a, a nice collection of accounts as simplified as possible so that they're easy to keep track of. But over time, a lot of people have accounts here or accounts there and, and unfortunately may lose track of them. So having all of those listed are, are very important. And then I mentioned real estate. So you may have just a personal residence and that is relatively simple, but if there's a vacation home or there are rental properties, information about those real estate properties, any HOAs or other entities involved that need to be contacted, or it's important to list that information as well. And taking a step back, you mentioned, you know, bequests and miscellaneous items, grandpa's grandfather clock, who's going to get that? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, enlisting all of your assets 
even personal belongings like that or collectibles or whatever it may be, that's incredibly important. And, you know, the bequests, who gets what so that there aren't disagreements, you know, it can be, this is something that's also important to potentially share during your lifetime so that nobody's surprised upon your <laughs> yeah. passing. But if yes. there are prized possessions, making sure that uh, they're distributed as you wish and having it documented so that, um, so there's no bickering. All right. And you went, we did mention there is a template. You can get one from your advisor, I would guess, but you can do this on your own, right? You certainly can. I, mean, I mentioned some basic categories. It's you know something you can just start to put together. Anything at all that seems relevant or helpful information, you know, would be good. You know, touching on some of the other categories again that I mentioned, just funeral arrangements. So a lot of times today, as people age, they get funeral arrangements prepaid or in place, and having that information is obviously helpful. But then even what what do you want upon your passing? Do you want to be cremated? Do you want a burial? a large celebration, just family and friends, you know, all of those things that you can provide information to your loved ones about so they don't have to guess, so they don't have to decide mm. is going to be incredibly helpful. And, you know, I, the template that that we provide, I think is great and captures most of this information. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's something that you can, you kind of create on your own or, you know, Google a basic template or I would suggest that if you have an advisor, you reach out to your advisor and see what they can provide you because they may already have a a good template in place. And the Foster and Motley template will be included in the show notes for this episode. So it will be there. Zach, that was a really great synopsis. Is there something we haven't touched on about the family letter that you think we should? Well, briefly, I'll talk about a couple options that come to mind that are you know, in addition to the family letter. So as an advisor, we're working with people in, in very closely on their financial circumstances and getting to know them well. And, you know, from time to time, as we work with aging clients, there comes a time when maybe they're not as cognitively aware as they once were. So we actually have a client assistance form that we offer our clients to sign off on. It's voluntary, but what they can do is is basically give us the okay that, you know, if we think something of concern is happening or maybe they're not able to handle all of their financial affairs on their own, it allows us to contact uh, specific loved ones or trusted people that they have in mind to update them on the situation. So there's a list of authority that they can grant and they can keep it very limited or they can make it more in-depth so that in the in the case of something like that happening, that we're able to reach out to others for the benefit of the client. So that's an important option. And then Schwab also has a form that is available to be signed off on, which is what they call a Schwab trusted contact form. So Schwab being the custodian that we use with most of our clients, any custodian is going to have a form like this to some extent. But the Schwab form is, you know, basically just a, a listing of someone that Schwab's allowed to reach out to uh, in the event of any risk of potential financial exploitation or in you know, communication issues if they're you know just not getting a response from the account holder, somebody else that they're allowed to reach out to. So those are things to keep in mind, just to make sure that you've got all your bases covered when thinking thinking about your financial circumstances. That's fantastic. And Zach, how can people reach you or reach other folks at Foster and Motley if they've got questions about this? 
Well, certainly do check out our template and we hope that's helpful for folks. And you can reach Foster and Motley by finding us on the web at www.fosterandmotley.com. And listeners, this episode is only one of the many available to you from Foster and Motley. Follow our podcast to find them all. And if you find them helpful, share with friends and family and let us know what you think. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.